the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. This is, believe it or not, our sixth program on Messianic Judaism. And there's still lots to talk about, but let's pray first. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, we love you, we praise you, and honor you. And Lord, we are so thankful, Father, for who you are in our lives. As the world is seemingly upside down and and really going crazy, you have given us the peace that passes all understanding, and it guards our heart and our mind. So, Father, I just thank you for that. And I thank you for this radio broadcast. And I pray that it will encourage people. There will be more insight into your plan, Lord. And that, uh, that people would just uh, share the good news of Yeshua, the Messiah. So we bless you and praise you in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. So before we get started today, we have something special for you to strengthen your family's relationship with the Lord and bless them, and and that's a Thanksgiving and Hanukkah Haggadah. You know, Thanksgiving and Hanukkah are right around the corner. Oftentimes when we celebrate these holidays in our home with our families, we perform the shortest custom possible, and that way, you know, we can get through it quickly and eat, right? Um, But uh, we should have uh, our family interaction and discussion that would be encouraging. And so, you know, in Judaism every year at Passover, we sit down for a Seder, which means an order of services, and go through a Haggadah, which is the telling, which is the booklet that provides us history, customs, and spiritual emphasis that leads us through something that's meaningful, learning and sharing with our family together. God has called us to remember his special appointed times. Well, uh, 
this was something that Dennis Prager said. He said, wouldn't it be great if we had a goddess for all the holidays? And it, you know, years ago, I started thinking about that and I wrote a few. And so we have one uh, for Thanksgiving. And uh, instead of just saying what everybody's thankful for and eating, <laughs> uh, this takes us through a a wonderful uh, time, not long, but just meaningful. And uh, these holy days, these holidays, should be a time for families to go deeper together, bringing God into everything we do is so important. And it's also a time to bring uh, not only family together, but friends and coworkers, neighbors, and, and just let them be involved in this too. And in this Haggadah, you hopefully get each person to read, and, and so it's, it's a blessing. Um, so we have one for Thanksgiving and Hanukkah together, really. And for any size love gift, we'd be happy to send it to you. But even better, we'd like to send you as many people as you would suspect around your table so that each one would have one of these uh, Haggadot, which is the plural for Haggadah. And uh, so in order to do this, would you call Karen at 813-831-5673, and she will get those out to you early so that you will have time to get them and, and, and have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. This is also a great time for our rabbis to come and visit your churches Uh, please call us at 813-831-5673 to set it up. We also love visitors. Please come, bring your friends, bring your Jewish friends, uh, bring those who don't know the Lord, and we'd love to see it. You can check our website at shoreshdavid.org, and it has the different locations and times. And certainly, if this radio program blesses you, we would be uh, certainly appreciative of your prayers and your financial support. And again, you can call Karen and or just go on our heartofmessiah.org website. So, let's begin. This week, we're going to try and finishing finish answering questions about Messianic Judaism, but that is going to be very hard. I I don't think we're going to finish um, because we're going to get into an interesting subject called the law. But before we do that, I just want to mention that if you have any questions that I don't answer, uh, let Karen know or, or email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. So, Let's uh, begin. The question we ended up with last week was, is Messianic Judaism and Christian, Christianity the same? And the quick answer, I said, was yes and no. Yes, we believe in the same majors. The very faith that makes you a Christian is the same faith that makes me a Messianic Jew. Uh, look, we believe that the Scripture is the Word of God. We believe in God, the Father the Son, and the Spirit. So, though the rest of our faith and what we believe is important, it's not major. This is hard for believers to understand because the denominations have made the lesser parts of our faith 
more important than the majors. On the other hand, Messianic Judaism and Christianity is different in a number of ways. Certainly in Messianic Judaism, we celebrate the appointed times of Leviticus 23. And for the most part, not all of our people do it this way, but for the most part, we don't celebrate uh, Christmas and Easter in the traditional manners the church does. But we celebrate corresponding holy days. Um, and, and again, those are usually found in Leviticus 23. We have various customs that come from Scripture that are, you know, I think unique to us. One is, as an example, circumcision. The males on the eighth day, as Scripture talks about, need to be circumcised. And we have a whole service around that. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and then we also uh, keep kosher. We don't eat pork. We don't eat sea scavengers like shrimp and lobster. And um, that is just part of who we are. Uh, third, um, we see that God's not finished with the Jewish people yet and Israel. And uh, that it's important to see Jewish people come to know Yeshua as their Messiah. And uh, we also have the understanding of the calling that Jewish people have on their lives and the end-time role the Jewish people will play. Look, the understanding of certain scriptural themes like one new man or the concept of Shabbat, and we know that God, um, when God gives a calling, it's irrevocable. So I think if God made us a particular way, whether it's Jewish or somebody who is not Jewish, that's important to him. That's how he made us. And we are to keep what God has made in that sense. And, and so this sort of dovetails into who is a Jew? Who is considered Jewish? Sounds like a simple question, doesn't it? However, it, the answer isn't simple, and it changes based on who you ask. Because Judaism is not only a faith, it's also a nationality. And so one does not have to believe in anything to be considered Jewish. Biblically, a Jew is a person who was born from a Jewish father. And in Israel, and most people today say a Jew is a person who was born from a Jewish mother. However, Israel will um, consider people Jewish if they have a grandparent who is Jewish. And so you also can be considered Jewish if you convert to Judaism. But oftentimes when you convert, uh, you are saying that you don't believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. Also, if you convert, uh, only Orthodox conversions are recognized in Israel. If you uh, convert through conservative or reform, that is not considered a real conversion, and they will not consider you Jewish. And, of course, even though both my parents are Jewish, and they are part of the Jewish community, obviously, for the most part, the Jewish community says, I'm not Jewish because I believe in Yeshua. I believe in Jesus. So the Jewish community in general believe you can 
be anything and still be Jewish except a belief in Jesus. You can be an atheist. You can be a Buddhist, whatever you want, but you cannot believe that Yeshua is the Jewish Messiah. That leads us into another question, uh, and that is, does being Jewish matter? And we kind of talked about this a moment ago, but let me go a little deeper. And let me give you a couple quotes that are kind of interesting. Uh, Not that Leo Tolstoy is the one that we need to be quoting, but it's kind of interesting what he said. The Jew is that sacred being who has brought down from heaven the everlasting fire and has illumined with it the entire world. He is the religious source, spring, and foundation out of which all the rest of the people have drawn their beliefs and their religions. Well, I'm not sure that's true, but I I certainly would like to believe that that's who we are. Uh, That's great, though, right? From a Jewish point of view, let me give you uh, a little bit of Alan Dershowitz, you know, the attorney. Uh, He gives some insight on how a Jew thinks, especially in this day. And he writes, The good news is that American Jews as individuals have never been more secure, more accepted, more affluent, and less victimized by discrimination or anti-Semitism. The bad news is that American Jews, as a people, have never been in greater danger of disappearing through assimilation, intermarriage, and low birth rates. The even worse news is that our own very success as individuals contributes to our vulnerability as a people. The even better news is that we can overcome this new threat to the continuity of American Jewish life and emerge with a more positive Judaism for the 21st century, a Judaism that is less dependent on our enemies for its continuity, and that rests more securely on the considerable but largely untapped strength of our own heritage. So, from his point of view, and I think from Jewish people's point of view, staying Jewish is extremely important. Um, You know, we've done this for generations. We've gotten through the Inquisition, the Holocaust, and other things, And now to give it up because things are doing well? Uh, No, that that is the greatest fear of certainly the older generation of Jews. Now, from a biblical point of view, I believe this is a very important question. First, the fact that there are Jews and a Jewish nation today proves the faithfulness of God. You remember when we spoke about Ezekiel 35 through uh, 35, 35 to 37, God promises as long as there would be a sun and a moon and stars that the Jewish people would remain a people before God. And so that alone, just the faithfulness of God is an extremely important issue. 
But secondly, we also read and have read recently in Revelation about the 144,000 Jews and how God would use them in the future. So not only is it important from the past and prophetically, but now the future that Jewish people should remain Jewish so we could be identifiable, the people of God. And then for those reasons, I believe Jews should remain Jews and pass that knowledge and identity on to future generations. Because in Romans eleven twenty nine, it says the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Okay, let's look at the next question. What is the role of someone who was not born Jewish within Messianic Judaism and Sharesh David? So though I've heard criticism of Messianic Judaism and Sharesh David for making people who were not born Jewish feel like second-class citizens, this is most definitely not our intent. Uh, we see that the people who were born Jewish and those who were not uh, born Jewish are treated the same at Sharesh David. We are uh, not a respecter of people. We, we believe that everybody who comes into Messianic Judaism, who comes into Sharesh David, they are equal and have the same rights and the same everything. And, and the key, though, to coming into Messianic Judaism is whether or not you have the Messianic vision. You know, you can't come into Messianic Judaism and bring the church. You know, you have to become as we become and, and our culture. And, and, and you, it's just a matter of becoming uh, making changes, and some people don't do that. All they're interested in is hearing some of our teachings, and then they leave. But the people who stay have the Messianic vision, and they can become leaders. Uh, it has it, Again, it's not in regard to um, Jewish or non-Jewish. In fact, I know a number of Jewish uh, non-Jewish rabbis in Messianic Judaism, so that should be able to dispel any... Uh, thoughts that there's one group better than the other. The only difference that I can think of in uh, Messianic Judaism is in the MJAA, the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America. And when it comes to voting for the next officers, there are two requirements. One is you must be at the conference to vote. And secondly, you must be Jewish to vote. And, and that means you must have either parents or at least one grandparent must have been Jewish. You know, that is it. Though I personally don't agree with the policy, I also realize that Messianic Judaism is not a denomination, and the MJAA is not the headship of Messianic Judaism, and uh, their policies are not mandated for us. So... Uh, it's just one point. And a denomination, by the way, from my point of view, is a group with similar beliefs, but they have a legislative body that leads the group. And this is why I call Messianic Judaism a movement, not a denomination, because we don't have a legislative body that dictates our beliefs. Okay? Hopefully that's clear. 
Now, the last two questions are sort of intertwined, and this is where it's going to get a little bit crazy. So the first one is, why do we still celebrate the appointed times mentioned in Leviticus 23, including the Shabbat? And the second question, are we still under the law? Oh, my goodness. So am I going to open up Pandora's box or what? As you can imagine, there are many different opinions by people inside and outside Messianic Judaism. There are also different opinions on this within my own congregation. And maybe that is the key from where I should begin. Whether or not people consider that they are to keep the law differs in semantics and also how people want to live out the scriptures. First, we have to understand the meaning of the word Torah. Usually, it's translated law. However, it could easily be translated instruction or even direction. So, we could say, are we under the law? That would give you one picture of a question. Or we could say, are we under God's instruction? That would give you a whole nother picture. And I would say that all of us are wanting to be under God's instruction, right? So, it, it again, some of it is semantics, some of it is tradition, some of it is just... Um, just different ways of looking at things. And, uh, you know, so I think are we under the law is really the wrong question to ask. Though we could rightly ask, are we under God's instruction? The law has caused a number of groups to become legalistic. Legalism puts the emphasis on the law instead of God. Legalism tells others how to behave. We can all become legalistic in some ways. Watch out. Legalism isn't just assigned to Judaism or Messianic Judaism. You can see it in the church as well. Legalism makes majors out of minors, and legalism requires others to follow exactly in step the way others are told to follow. So, in the instruction or in the law, whichever you'd like to use, um, is it different for both Jews and Gentiles or people who are not born Jewish? We have the Shabbat, like Exodus 20 and 23, and and Yom Kippur, Leviticus 16.29, and we have Shavuot, Deuteronomy 16.9 to 11, and Sukkot, Deuteronomy 16.13 and 14. So is this just for Jewish people, or is it for the entire body of believers? Oh, my goodness. You're going to have to wait till next week to hear the answer. (laughs) We're out of time. Let me remind you that I want to send you the Thanksgiving and Hanukkah Haggadah so that you, and one for each person in your family or the friends that you're going to have. So I have no problem sending you 10 of them, but we would ask you that you send us an offering. Whatever it is, we'll accept it. It, It'd be great. Just call Karen. Call her at 813-831-5673. 
And uh, next week we'll continue with this. Um, if you're able to help us financially, again, call Karen at 813-831-5673. And if you want us to speak at your church, we'd love to do so. Again, call Karen. We love visitors. Check out our website, shereshdavid.org. And come bring your Jewish friends. Come bring your church friends. We love everybody. Okay? Let me pray for you as we close. I pray, Father, for everyone who's listening, Lord, to have a heart for you, Lord, a heart for the Messiah. Lord, that your word would be strong in our mind, in our heart, and that we would want to follow your instructions in everything we do, that love would be our calling card, and that we would learn how to love people with all our heart, soul, and mind. So, Father, let us grow in our desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.